Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So as you know, as Pastor Lisa mentioned, that we lead the recovery group here, but it's because you guys had opened, had trusted Brian and I for this recovery ministry, and it is because you guys set the foundation by opening the door for us and allowing us and trusting us to lead and lead up the leaders that we have in, at Awaken Recovery. How many people here in recovery? We need to always honor them because they entrusted us and that is the reason why El Cajon Recovery is the size it is and, the re and, and as successful as it is. And the, we're, we're not just saying, it's not just about the numbers, it's about the numbers of people who are recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, from, from substance abuse and from everything and it's because of you for laying the foundation. Thank you, thank you so much. God intended God was intentional when he put you at El Cajon because he knew he needed your leadership to make the success because we need recovery in, in El Cajon. Come on. <laughs> so that's gonna lead me into my message that God is intentional and God is intentional. So I was asked to, I was asked to give a message uh, weeks ago, so I've, I've known, and I asked God and I was sitting in prayer and God screamed intentional. Let them know I'm intentional. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? So I, was, I, I, I prayed on it. And being intentional takes focused action and living God-inspired intentions, right? God is intentional and calls us to be the same. Just as he has intentionally created the world and humankind, he would ask us to be as intentional in a relationship with him. So you were individually made and created with a purpose, I mean, think about this for a second. Living intentionally. Oh, please, everyone be seated. Don't be standing up. Sorry. I've got this bright light in my eyes, and I can't really see everybody, and I don't have my glasses on, so I'm having to like, blow up my letters here, my, my, my font here, too. Living intentionally. So, listen, living intentionally means to purposely pursue the life that God has called you to live. And what does that mean? Like, what is my life that God has called me to live? Intentionally requires deliberate action. God is intentional, and he has called us to be the same. God did not create this, God did not create this world by accident, and he didn't create you by accident. You were wonderfully and creatively and individually made. There's no one on earth, there's no one on earth that has your fingerprint. There's no one on earth before you or after you that has your DNA. You are individually created. God created you with a purpose and, and not to be the same. He didn't want you to be, he didn't want to, I mean, why didn't he just do carbon copies? You know, he liked one, he goes, yeah, we'll make about, you know, a million of those. He didn't do that because you were created individually because that's how much he loves you. Every, you are created in the image of God, individually and wonderfully made, and for a purpose too. So God gave every single one of us a talent or whatever it is, whether it's creativeness, whether it's being good in math, whether whatever it is, and we are to use that to honor him. If I was to go out and get a job as an accountant just because it was gonna pay me a million dollars a year and I hated math, I would be 
dishonoring God because he didn't create me to do that. He didn't create me to do that because I, what? I would hate my job, first of all. <laughs> I would hate what I was doing. I would dread going to work every single day. I, I wouldn't want, it, it's not what I was created to do. God did not wire me that way. Uh, even though I might have been good in math, I hate math right? I just hated it. But God created me to be a creative. I'm a creative. I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an orchestrator. And that's what I'm doing. And my father always said, find something that it is that you love to do, that God created you to do. Find a way to make money at it, and you'll never work another day in your life. And that's really how, that's really how I've lived my life. But it took me a long time to find that. It wasn't until I was 45 until I find that. You don't have to wait that long. So... You are, like I said, you are uniquely created. I mean, think about that. How does that happen? You would think that if by accident, right, maybe somebody would end up with the same DNA. It, it doesn't happen. Nobody has your fingerprint. You are, in, you are an individual. I love Psalm 139, 13 through 16, the message version. Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside and out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something, like an open book. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life are all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Wow, isn't that beautiful? He wrote that for you. He wrote that for you. He wrote that for me. He wrote that for, for each and every one of us. God has a plan for your life, and he wants you to be intentional about it, right? You were given, like I said, we were all given this God-given talent. So God has also intended for you to know his word, and that is the truth. So I'm going to start off by reading, um, uh, for the word of God is alive, I want to read four Four uh, scriptures in a row, and then I want to go into, I want to spend more, most of my time in this area. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even, in, even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. What does that say? God convicts us, right? God gives us conviction. All scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped in every good work. 2 Timothy 3.16 is telling me what? God's word equips me, right? He's giving me what? In the first one, he, he convicts me. I got to have conviction. Then he equips, he equips me with what I need to go out there into the world. And then your word is a lamp, my for my feet, a light on my path. Psalm 119, 105, God's word guides us. So how am I supposed to do this if I'm equipped and then I'm given conviction? He shows me the path, right? The word, I'm sorry, no, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, James 1, So now God directs us to what? Take action, 
right? Now I gotta go out and take action. I'm not just gonna sit and read my Bible, right? I'm not just gonna be told to pray. I'm gonna do what it tells me to do. I'm not just gonna go out there. I'm not just gonna read that it tells me to practice the Great Commission and go out there and be a witness for other people and be out there to be, bring people into Christ. I'm gonna take action. I'm gonna go out there. That is one of the things that we do on Sundays before recovery, maybe a couple times a month. A few of us will go out there and we will go out there. We'll go, we, will, we will do outreach work to those people that are out. We're, there are people lost in the streets right now. There are people lost in the streets. I can walk one block to five or six people that are sitting there high on, on, on whatever and we'll go up there. We'll, we'll walk up to them and we'll come up to them and we will literally lay hands on them and we'll pray for them. And do you know that every single person that we go and ask, do you believe in Jesus? I would say 80% of them say, yes, I do. They're lost. They are lost, and we tell them, listen, we're going to pray for you. We give them Narcan. We give them a bag of, fo of food and water, and we tell them, listen, we want you to come to church. We don't care what you're wearing or what you're on. Just come. And, and, and you know what? And one day, I'm hoping that we have this whole auditorium filled with people off the streets that are coming to Jesus. Let's just pray for that because I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm going to speak into it, and it's going to happen. So I'm sure that a lot of you know that we just got back from Israel and Italy. So our church went to Israel. It was, it was my husband and I's our second time that we went to Israel. The first time that we went to Israel, um, it's that you do so much. Like, like literally you are, it's, it's seven days and <clears throat> every day you're seeing like, I know anywhere from three to 10 different things. And so you're taking all these pictures. And so the first time that I went, I was taking all these pictures and I got home and I'm like, okay, I don't know what that brick is, but I know it means something. It's a brick for something. I'm trying to go back and I, you know, you know, you can tell you where your picture was taken. I'm like, I still don't get it. I don't understand what that brick meant. So this time when I went, I intentionally made sure that, thank God for Pastor Shelley, because what she did this time is she kind of prepared us where we were gonna go and she gave us some scripture. So those of you who follow me on Instagram got to basically come with me to Israel, right? How many of you follow me? So I, so I, 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 I was like determined, right? I was determined. I'm like, okay, everywhere I'm going, everywhere I'm going, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to study the night before, and I'm going to write the scripture. And so I'm usually I'm on the bus while everybody's looking, at, and I'm like making sure that everything gets posted in order. And I did it, except for the Dead Sea. That was out of order, but everything else was in order. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> I was hoping that when I went there, that knowing that I had to come up here and preach this message on intentionality, I thought that God was being intentional. I'm like, God, I know you're gonna show me something. And then what I was looking for was a burning bush, you know, somewhere at the Mount of Beatitudes, or maybe where like, you know, Peter threw his nets in, and I'm like, okay, God, show me, and nothing. So I didn't get anything until the last day. The last day in Israel, God showed me something, and the last day in Italy, God showed me something. I'm gonna talk about that too. So the last day in Israel, Everybody, well, half, some of our group got to go shooting with the Israeli military, and I did not get to be one of those. So some of you who know me, I was like really kind of bent about that. I'm like, dang it, can't believe they didn't ask me to go because they know how much I, I like to go shooting. So I'm like, so instead I got to go to this Israeli museum. And that's the last thing you want to do in Israel on your last day is spend it in a museum when it's 100 degrees outside. Oh my gosh. So we go to this museum. I'm like, oh, I had such an attitude. I was really kind of resentful and so, so mad that I wasn't asked to go. It was really not for women anyways. A lot of the guys that they asked to go, so, but we got to the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I, 
had seen the Dead Sea Scrolls last time, not really seen them, but we talked about where they were found in the caves, but this time we're at the museum and I got to see the, some of the, one of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And one of the things, Pastor um, Leanne's parents were there and I'm like, I go, wow, like, are any of these scrolls intact? She goes, well, they said that the only one that they ever found all intact was the book of Isaiah. Like, do you think, why was it just that book that God intentionally kept all intact? I'm in there, right? And I've got my, <laughs> I've got my little camera, my video. I'm like, doing like this. And this guy comes up and goes, don't do that. And like, I wasn't supposed to, like, so I was like this with my camera. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of you guys, I probably shouldn't have done that, but anyway, <laughs> don't tell me I can't do something because I'm going to find a way to do it. So anyway, anyway, I was so fascinated with that. Every single page, every single page was there. It was amazing. Look at that. That no other book was intact. Every single page was there. And the, what, the fascinating thing is this is the book with the most prophetic word, with the most prophecy in it in the Old Testament. Do you think God intentionally wants us to know prophecy? Do you think God intentionally wants us to know what's going to happen? He, I couldn't have a bigger megaphone in our ear. Than to, than to, so I get out the book of Isaiah, and I'm reading the book of Isaiah. I'm ordering books just on the book of Isaiah that I still have to read yet, but I, find that, I, find, I found that just fascinating, that God intentionally did this. This was intentional. So one of the things that I, I love about our church is that we are an we, we, we are an intentional church. Listen, if you are in if you are not in a church, or if you are in a church that is not being attacked by the enemy, where your pastors are not being pulled down on social media, pulled off of social media, if you're if you're not being followed by the news, then you are in the wrong church. Because the enemy isn't going to attack a church that's not preaching the truth, that's not preaching the word, that's not letting you know that you are given, the, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were left here for, by, by Jesus. You are not in the right, so if you're sitting in here right now, you're in the right church. And it is by no coincidence, God intentionally made sure that you are sitting here tonight so you can hear this, because listen, how much, I mean, Look at, look at all the, the kickback that we got for two years, right? We were told we were the super spreaders, right? Because we didn't shut our doors. Like, we didn't stay shut like everybody else did, right? After a few weeks, we opened up. And you know what? That backfired. That backfired. They were, they were the super COVID spreaders. No, we weren't the super COVID spreaders. We were the super truth spreaders. And the enemy knew it. And he knew it. And that is why we were attacked. And that is why the news kept coming around. And the more that we were on the news, the more the word got out there that we were open and more people started coming. <laughs> it's, it's awesome, right? Backfire, backfire on the enemy. I mean, look at all the, I don't know if you know this, but we're trying to open many other campuses. And one city where we are trying to open a campus in right now is Coronado, and we are getting so much backlash, so much backlash. Why? Coronado, it's where I'm from. I grew up in Coronado from the time, I was, born in, I was born in the OC, my father was in the Marines, um, and then my parents, hoorah, and then my parents divorced when I was very small, and then my mother got a job on North Island, and I, I grew up on Coronado. So I wasn't a Navy brat, I was a permanent resident, and any other kid on the island that was a permanent resident, we all went to Sacred Heart Church. It's a Catholic church. 
It's the biggest church on the island, in the middle of the island. Yes, I was Catholic. I went to catechism. I learned that you couldn't take communion unless you went to catechism, which I call initiation. Like you had to be initiated in order to be to take communion, right? Any other recovering Catholics in here? Okay. Listen, I'm not here. I'm not here to. I'm not going to bag on. I'm not going to do that. I know I have friends that are, are that love Jesus, that believe in Jesus, and are Catholic. So that's not what I'm. I'm just telling you my experience. So my experience was the fact that I would go every Sunday. I'd walk to, to mass, and that's just what I did because everybody else did. No one went to any other church. There were other churches in the area, but I don't know of anyone that went to really any other churches. But a small little Presbyterian church, a Methodist church across the street from my high school that I never saw ever anybody in. So, I mean, the only church that everybody occupied was Sacred Heart. I went to Sacred Heart Catechism, you know, the, the whole kit and caboodle. So I was, I was a, a Catholic. And then I started, um, I started to think about this. I'm like, why is it that we are getting, like, there's this Facebook page, like, if you ever, ever went to Coronado, or if you're a resident there, they have this, like, this Coronado Facebook page. And I'm, I'm on it because I'm from there. And so I'm like, why is it? Like, who are these? It's really just a handful of people that are just really, like, socking it to us. Like, this awakened church, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're, they're a cult, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're saying all these crazy, bizarre things. And the, the, the funny thing is, I know one or two of them I went to high school with, but the majority of them I don't know. They're not, like, I don't consider them, like, locals. If you didn't graduate from high school there, you're not from there, as far as I'm concerned, right? I grew up there. I'm from there. If you just moved there because you just got lucky or you're renting, sorry, sorry, you are not from Coronado. <laughs> but I kept thinking, why is it that, why would it be that somebody, why would they not want us there? I'm writing this message and as I'm writing this message, God downloaded this on me. And I'm just telling you, I'm not here to like say that this is why. So if anybody from Coronado is listening to this podcast, it is my opinion, all right? And it's just a word that I got from the Holy Spirit. Sacred Heart owns that island. And I believe they know that if Awaken comes to Coronado, encouraging people to read the Bible, because see, as a Catholic, I was never told to read the Bible. As a Catholic, I was never told, I was, it was discouraged to read the Bible. We were only told what the priests and the nuns were supposed to tell us. All I remember is being hit on the knuckles by nuns and, 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 and never was, and, and I remember our father, um, Hail Marys, and how to, I was never told anything from the Bible, and we were never to check on, on what a, a priest said to, to, to validate what was, what was said. This is just my experience. I'm just telling you my experience. I don't know if it's that way anymore, but I'm telling you how it was for me. So what if all of a sudden a church came that was a Bible-believing church that encouraged us to, to read the Bible? We have a Bible that's called a year, a, a, a read the Bible in a year, and we encourage you to read it every year. Like that is something that is so opposite. What all of a sudden if people started seeing the truth about what the, what's written in the Bible? What all of a sudden if people started seeing that, that Mary wasn't a virgin when she died, that she actually had children afterwards? What if people were seeing that all of a sudden babies weren't baptized in the Bible? What if all of a sudden people started seeing this? That scares them. That's my opinion, and that's what I believe is, is possibly happening. And then now, God's truth and sacred heart will no longer be the crown church. In 1981, I was crowned Miss Coronado. A year... 
That happened 42 years ago. I was a senior in high school. But I want you to look at something right here. So every other Miss Coronado that ever had her picture taken in the paper always was like the full crown and everything on her head. Full crown, and for some reason, mine's kind of hidden. I, always just, I was always so ashamed that my crown didn't show on my head. And, and a year after my reign was over, after Miss Coronado, and Miss Coronado is actually a Miss USA preliminary. So from Miss Coronado, you go to Miss San Diego, Ferris of the Fair. Ferris of the Fair, the winner of Miss San Diego goes to Miss California. Miss California goes to Miss USA. USA goes to Universe. I didn't make it past Coronado. <laughs> I, it's just, I, 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 I was in... Those of you that know I'm in recovery, okay, that's all I'm gonna say. So, so um, <laughs> I almost lost my crown. So a year after my reign, I'm serious, yeah. A year after my reign, I moved to Houston and, and my apartment, I was moving in my, out of my apartment and, my par and all my stuff was out. We, we went back to go get some more of my furniture and someone stole like my crown and my trophy. I had a stereo sitting out there, I had clothes, I had a gun, I had things sitting out. They could have taken anything, and they took my crown and my trophy, of all things. Like, what? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. Like, what are you going to, like, I can, the, the crown is obvious, obvious fake jewels. Well, what's it worth? And a trophy. What is a trophy going to do for somebody? So I want to read something to you. Coronado, first of all, for those of you that don't know this, Coronado means the crowned one. It's known as Crown City, right? And the crowned one and the enemy has made Coronado his crowned jewel. Why are we getting so much kickback? Because the enemy has made, has made, I, I'm going to go there. The enemy has made it his crown jewel. I'm going to read you something. So I believe, first of all, I believe that I was never intended to wear that crown. I believe that that crown got taken from me because God never wanted me to be wearing it. And I believe that that picture of me with my crown not showing was intended for me not to be seen wearing a crown where, where, where we, I believe today, and I've seen it with my friends that live there still, like it is, it, it, it's, it's not what it used to be. So as I was writing this message, I came across this song. It was written by Emily Lou Harris. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing. It's called Satan's Crown Jewel. Now, if I were a queen and a ruler of nations with diamonds and jewels profound, well, I'd rather know that I had salvation than to know my reward would be Satan's jeweled crown. Satan's jewel crown, I've worn it so long, but God for my soul has reached down for his, his love set me free. He made me his own and helped me cast off Satan's jewel crown. Oh, this life that I live, oh, sin and evil, drinking and running around, all the things that I do for the love of the devil, I know my reward will be Satan's jewel crown. Satan's jewel crown, I've worn it so long, but God has my soul, but God from my soul has reached down. His love set me free. He made me his own and helped me cast off Satan's jewel crown. So the last day that I was in Italy, I went to the Vatican. And you can't go to Rome unless you go to the Vatican. You have to see the Vatican. And one of the things that you have to realize that everybody in Rome is Roman Catholic for the most part. And so, so are the tour guides. So as we're going through the, as we're going through the Vatican, um, we go, he, the, the, the tour guide is talking to us about a couple, a couple paintings of Michelangelo. One of, them, one of them is The Last Judgment. In The Last Judgment, he says, oh, okay. This is like revelation, the end times when God's gonna come down, 
when God's going to come down and, and, and judge everybody. And But as long as you've been good, then you can go to heaven. And I'm like, and I was sitting next, next to this woman, and I go, well, I guess we're all going to hell. <laughs> and she was like, she was like scared. So then, then we go, and there's this tapestry down, as you're walking through, there's a tapestry, and he starts talking about this one tapestry, and this tapestry is Herod and all the babies that have been killed. You know, you know the story, right? That Herod had all the babies killed, baby boys that were going to be, that were born killed because he knew that the Messiah or the king was going to be born, and so he's having them all killed. And so he's looking at that, and he goes, well, that probably really didn't even happen, though. And then the same woman that was like scared that she had to be good, I go, don't listen to him. It's a lie. <laughs> I go, it happened. <laughs> it happened. So you mean to tell me, right? And listen, this is by no fault of the tour guide because like I said, as Catholics, we are not told to read the Bible. So now you mean to tell me that portions of the Bible are a lie and that God hung on that cross and if I, all I had to do was be good, then he died in vain. And that thief on the cross who did not live a good life, and Jesus told him, he said to Jesus first, he said, you are who you say you are. And Jesus said, he said, I will see you in paradise tonight. And that thief did not get baptized as a baby. He didn't even get baptized as an adult. He didn't even live a good life. Because the Bible says, for, for, for I, God brought his only, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him and is good, no, it doesn't say that. For whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever believes in him, not whoever is good, or whoever does good deeds, or good tasks, or gives to the poor, or doesn't do drugs, or isn't acting out. It's whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't know, but my, my savior, Jesus Christ did not die in vain. He died on the cross. God intentionally brought Christ down to earth, not so he can just walk around and tell us some good news, but so that his, the main intention was so that he can die for me and for you and for our sins and so that we can believe in him and we'll have eternal life, not based on how good we've lived our lives, but on how much we believe, right? A little bit of faith may get my soul to heaven, but a lot of faith is gonna put heaven in my soul and while I'm on this earth, I'm gonna be filled with faith and while I'm on this earth, you know what? Because I'm filled with faith, it's gonna make me wanna do good. It's gonna make me want to live a life that Christ would want me to live. It's going to make me want to live with God's will. It's going to make my will and God's will align together. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if you're sitting here tonight and you've never known Jesus and you didn't know that God intentionally created you to do something, that he intentionally created you, first of all, to have a relationship with him. Maybe you've never known Jesus. Maybe you've never, maybe you've Maybe you backslidden. Maybe you knew Jesus for, I, I don't know, a period of time, and then maybe you stopped going to church, work got in the way, things just got, life just got busy, and then you kind of just backslidden. Next thing you know, you find yourself just like lost. So if everybody right now can bow their heads and close their eyes, 
and with no one looking in the room. And if you fall into one of those two categories, maybe you've never known Jesus, or maybe you've backslidden and you wanna get to know Jesus again. Maybe you wanna know what Jesus has intended for you. Maybe you wanna know and believe, and you have to believe that God, God has created you perfectly, divinely, that you are created in the image of God. And if you want to know that, God, and maybe you have or you never have, if you're one of those people in those two categories, can you just raise your hand for me? Everyone's got their eyes closed. No one's peeking. Can I see hands? I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh my gosh. I know there's somebody right now struggling and they don't want to put their hand up. I know you don't. I know you don't, but I know you can. Just, oh, God bless you. Praise the Lord. And with everyone's eyes closed and everyone's head bowed, can you all repeat? God bless you. I see you too. Can you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, I know you sent your son Jesus to take the bullet for me. He was the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb, and he died for my sins. I thank you, Jesus, for what you did. I believe that who you are, and I believe that you are the Messiah. And I promise from this day forward, I will seek you, and I will, want, I will get to know you, and I will repent from my sins and turn from my ways. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.